Greetings, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Wired In with yours truly, Blake Johnson, alongside the other fantastic host of this show, Spencer Coles. Spencer, how are you? Not too bad, man. I totally didn't just uh, roll out of bed like 15 minutes ago, though. So. Yeah, neither did I. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's, I came here it's been totally crazy. and utterly prepared. So. Yes, as, as we always do on this show. Yeah, it's been it's been a while since we've done this, and usually we we try to pump it out at least every two weeks, um, if not every week. But both of us has just been busy with, you know, either work or something else coming up, and we finally said, you know what? I mean, you messaged me like two minutes after I had already woken up. I was like, you know what? We need to do we need to do an episode. <laughs> There's a bunch of stuff to talk we about. Need to do it. Give fans, what they want. the fans demand it. It's just we can't keep making Absolutely. them wonder if this week will be another week where they are deprived of our amazing content. <laughs> and the internet has just been laying to waste by the fact that we have not uh, kept to our upload schedule. So, oh, I know. Yeah, there's actually there's actually a guy that I work with, uh, my full time job, who likes to listen to the show. And uh, he asked, he's been asking me, oh, are you guys going to do another episode yet? Like, yeah, we need to. Yeah, we'll probably trash talk you, but so. <laughs> we'll slander you all over. Uh, that's over, right. On Twitter. That's right. <laughs> that's right, Jerry. And that's how, yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes, we, you know, you, you have to take them for the team. You got to make the sacrifice, you know? Yeah, that's what so. the community is all about here <laughs> and on Wired In. We just berate each other senselessly but yeah um i guess one thing that i've that i've done lately that people might not know about on this show i was a guest appearance on the sure idc podcast like a week or so ago um and we talked about downton abbey um me and lucas and uh another one of his friends we all talked about it for it was like a good hour 15 hour 20 it was it was a long episode so i still be sure need to, to uh, I check still need that to out that sh- i still need to get in that show i've heard nothing but really 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 great things about it um it's one of the best written shows out there um is in that you know those that format of a show um because you know i wasn't really interested in it when it was going out because when we were in c of o it was like i don't know three or four series in so, you know, I wasn't interested in it at the time, and I talk about this on the podcast, and I was into shows like Arrow and Flash and stuff that are more action-oriented. So I didn't think I'd like it, and, you know, eventually I decided, you know what, I'll give it a shot. And, uh, yeah, it's it's really good. I mean, there's... And then your life was never the same. Life was never the same. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, hey, I'll just watch the first episode before I knew it. I wasn't watching anything else until I finished the whole series. Um so Let's it's look at that. I only have one episode left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, highly recommend. But yeah, that's uh, that's about as exciting of things that I've been into since we've last connected. So, what about you, Spencer? Um, I, I mean, I, I've basically been living on the go for the past like three weeks, but uh. Uh, in the in the little bit of free time I had, I did manage to uh, to catch the new Dune. Uh, ah, yes. And I have to say, man, it is 
incredible. It is absolutely fucking amazing. Like, it, it, comparatively to the original film, it outclasses it in almost every single category. Um, and I, and I think, you know, um, I think a lot of the main criticisms people have of it is the fact that it's a part one. But I, I felt like at least with, you know, the original movie, it, it tried to, it tried to cram too much material into one film. Yeah. And so, like, whenever you're trying to follow the plot, you're, you're, it's just, it's like a case of whiplash. You're going from, you know, from beat to beat, and it's just, you're trying to make heads or tails of what the plot is actually about. In this one, the story is a lot better laid out. It is, it is much more coherent, to say the least. Um, and, and of course, visually speaking, it's fantastic. It's a Denis Villeneuve. Um, he, he's gonna, he's always gonna have top-notch visuals and, uh, in his mm-hmm. stuff, so. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about the director. Um, I think he directed, what was it, that 2049 movie? Uh, Blade Runner um, 2049. Blade Runner. Yeah, Blade mm-hmm. Runner, yeah. Uh, so, I, I've heard some good things about him. I, you know, it's funny about Dune. I've, I've heard so much about Dune off and on, but I've never actually read the book or watched the original movie. In fact, I, I don't plan on watching the original one just because I've heard nothing but bad <laughs> things about it. Uh, but I at least want to read the book, and I do want to see this movie. I almost went and saw it last weekend, um, but I think something else was going on. So I was like, eh, I was already busy that weekend, so I wanted to have some time away to kind of re- relax. But but yeah, I need to I need to go see that. I've, I've heard, you know, interesting, I've heard... A mixture of both like good and bad mostly good mostly i mean honestly it's usually if someone says something positive about this movie it's usually it's amazing i've not heard anyone say it's all right um so <laughs> yeah it's it's interesting the dichotomy of like uh reception of it you know like <laughs> and i've heard people say i've heard some of the criticism i've heard is like oh it's it's just it's just so it feels so long it takes forever for anything to get anywhere and I'm kind of skeptical of that criticism just because it's like, it's, it's, okay, it's the part one. Part ones always introduce characters, worlds, things that are happening. So it does take a little longer to get, you know, where they're ultimately trying to go. So you got to kind of show a little bit of, you know, mercy as far as that goes. But I'm also kind of like, yeah, but people in our day, their attention span is so short. Like I was literally fixing what, to bring what, that up. Yeah, what what they deem as too long. Like if if some of these movies that we consider classics today came out today, they'd be like, Oh, it just took forever to get to that. Like Lord of the Rings. If Lord of the Rings came out today, people would be complaining that it took forever to get to the main point. It's like Well so. and I, <laughs> if my memory serves me correctly, a lot of people when Fellowship came out, uh, had the same type of criticisms. Now I'm not saying that um you know, Dune 2021 is, you know, equivalent to uh, Fellowship or anything like that. But, um, but I mean, it's certainly an incredibly well-written movie. And, and I just have a hard time really, like, accepting what people perceive to be, like, well-written or poorly written media nowadays. Mm-hmm. Because swaths of people were trying to convince me that Loki was well-written. And I... I, I Listen, we we've already gone over. We've already established. <laughs> you don't hold oh, that viewpoint, Spencer. I yeah, uh, to put it lightly. I, yeah. 
Oh, yeah, that's... Yeah, I I usually find myself not going with what everybody else is saying is amazing. Um, sometimes I do, but there's... Yeah, I... And so uh, this just made me think of this. So this is incredibly interesting. Um, normally, and we've talked about it a number of times on this show, we don't go by what Rotten Tomatoes says unless it's to mock it. But what I've been seeing, I don't know if you've paid much attention to it, um, but what I've been seeing with this new Marvel's Eternals movie, which originally I really wanted to see because it looked interesting, it looked different, but on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, the movie is doing terribly. In fact, um, it's the first MCU movie, and I'm going to check and see if it's still the case, it's the first MCU movie to get into the Rotten category. Um, by critics, not by like audience members, and I don't think audience members have rated it yet. Um, well, you see, Blake, that that's actually just a result of the Russian bots. Okay, yeah, Vladimir Putin himself is sitting endlessly at his computer, creating Russian bots to go and review bomb this movie. There, there's no other explanation for it. Okay, yeah, yeah, none at all. Um, <laughs> I just, I, man, I've, I've, I mean, it's weird. I, I can't it, seem to find Eternals, it here. Eternals could be good, but I, I, I am fucking having a field day with this because so many people back when, like, whenever the sequel trilogy was, you know, getting hit with horrible reviews at the time, um, specific, specifically with TLJ, they're trying to say, well, you can't rely on Rotten Tomatoes because people just go to review vomit. They make, you know, the Russian bots go and, uh, purposely take Ooh. films and I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm like I mean like don't get me wrong review bombing does happen it but, does like, it happens I in mean, both directions but I mean these yeah. are th- this isn't even taking into account audience score yet because is, is the yeah. movie even is the movie even out yet I don't think it is um, uh, I don't I think it comes out this week yeah it's supposed I to come out pretty Friday? soon so the last time I checked was like I think it was like yesterday the Eternals was at fifty eight percent on the Rotten Tomato score. It's now at fifty four percent. Wow! So That's it's it's officially the lowest ranked MCU movie. And what's 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 fascinating about this is the people reviewing it. So one of the things that they've been pushing with this film lately is that oh, it's so diverse, and they've had to change. Diverse, you know, diverse, diverse, they've had diverse. to race change a bunch of characters, and they you know they're they're really trying to be woke with this movie as far as you know the kinds of actors and characters they're portraying but what's interesting is some of these reviewers are saying that reviewers that are normally with them on the progressive stuff are like yeah. you can you can make this as woke as you want it doesn't hide the fact that it's a bad movie so it's like <laughs> wow <laughs> man if you have if you have those people Saying this movie is gonna be just dog shit. Yeah. I mean, granted, I don't know. I mean, critics also really liked Cuties, so I mean. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, and that is but, a hill I will absolutely die on. That hill is the hill that I will die on. I mean, granted, that's not much of a hill that a lot. Of, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's not. I mean, the hills do doing pretty well. I mean, there's you know. Yeah, there's, you know. There's, there's lemonade, and you know, you know. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, I guess 
it, it, it sounds like the <clears throat> the main thing that people are complaining about is that they're introducing like 10 characters and so they've got 10 characters and they just don't know how to they, they're doing way too much with this film so i don't know I, normally i'm pretty skeptical if, if a movie does bad with critics on rotten tomatoes and i assume it's pretty probably pretty good or at least tolerable but I don't know. Some of the things I'm seeing about this one makes me think this might be a rare case where we might be on the same track. I don't know. Well, and um, even in the in the trailer material, like it, one of the immediate questions they bring up it, that the writers themselves bring up in mm. the trailer is like, oh well, what? I think it was in the second one because they, they had to they had to explain why the Eternals never interfered uh, during the Infinity War. Yeah, uh, or the Infinity Saga rather. Um, and their whole explanation for it in the second trailer is the fact that they don't intervene unless there's uh, Eternals involved. Or, mm-hmm. well, like, Deviants or Eternals involved. Which is interesting, because Thanos is half Eternal. So... Yeah, but that's not important. So... <laughs> Just, I, I, I just love don't how they acted. <laughs> I just, I, I couldn't get over it. Like they, they thought that they had done such a good job trying to like tie that plot hole up, and they, it just made it worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was originally going to see this in theaters, but no, I'm gonna wait for it to come out on Disney Plus. I'm not paying, I'm not paying extra money to go see this film. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna sit back and watch the fire burn from a distance, and then when it's when I have to make no extra effort, I'll watch it. Um, but I, you I'm know, I've used totally legal means to watch this movie. All right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. That's <laughs> if there's one thing that Spencer is known for is it's his adherence to the legal process of absolutely watching films and tv shows <laughs> you know what's funny is um speaking of marvel black widow has been on disney plus for like two or three weeks now and i've still not watched it i want to uh, you're better off i want to i i, I will watch it i've heard uh, it's, uh, I've, i can tell you you don't want to <laughs> <laughs> i've heard it's eh but it's not great dude so. natasha gets character assassinated so hard in that movie it's unbelievable like it is it is it is actually catastrophic in terms of like how much they just tank her in terms of morals like it is hmm. it is incredible yeah um and the fact that the majority of people just slopped it up more like oh yeah this is great I, I just i couldn't i couldn't believe it well i say that there there was a good mix of people who more it wasn't necessarily so much the character assassination stuff that bothered them but rather just being like, you know, what was the point in releasing this film at this stage in the yeah. MCU? That's my uh, biggest that issue seems... with it. It's yeah. like, uh, this character died, like what? When did that, when did Endgame come out? Like 2018? I, like, I believe it was like 2018. 2018? Yeah. So it's been three years. They should have made this movie, because I think in the timeline it takes place like after Civil War. Well, why didn't they just make it after Civil War? Mm-hmm. I don't, I mean... You're meaning to tell me they were so busy making these other films that they didn't even think, oh, we should make a Black Widow movie. Like that's one of your that's one of your biggest characters in in the Avengers cycle of heroes. So it's just it's weird. Um, but yeah, it, 
I don't know if we talked about this. I think we actually we did talk about this originally when it first happened. The whole lawsuit between uh, Scarlett Johansson and Disney with the whole release of Black Widow and saying, well, you guys you guys said this would be theaters so, only and it's going to be now it's going to be on Disney Plus. Well, apparently they've settled that and now now Scarlett's singing Disney's praises saying, hey, it's, yeah, it's, it's an really honor bizarre. to work for you guys. And I love this character and I'm so grateful. I'm like, yeah, you're. <laughs> oh, you, my God. This is. Yeah. The, this is Shows not you the, the level of integrity that that Hollywood presents, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. The, the level this, of integrity. This is not the movement that people were thinking it might be as far as people standing up to uh, Disney. Because then you had uh, you had um, Emma Stone doing the same thing with uh, Cruella, I believe, which I did watch that actually um, as well. But she she was doing that, and it just seems like it's just gone nowhere, basically. As, as, as long as they get paid, hey, that's fine. And that's kind of why HBO Max has been able to stay out of the hot water with the stuff that they do, is because, if my memory serves me correctly, they, they, pay, they pay their actors what they would have made had it been released in theaters so that way they don't get you know sued so they, they they try to they try to soften the blow of it not coming out exclusively in theaters but uh disney's not been doing that so <laughs> yeah because i'm trying to think as um i i guess the snyder cut would count as like th- their production or would that be would that qualify under warner brothers i'm, I'm trying to I, can't. I think technically it would. I'm not sure how that all works. Yeah, but that's just my guess. Um, yeah, it's a little a little confusing to say at least, but yeah. And I guess speaking of other movies that we've seen, new movies that have come out. I went and saw No Time to Die about three weeks ago, um, and it's it's pretty good as far as Bond movies go. I've I've had some issues with it, mainly because. I'm, I'm going to try to stay away from spoilers in case people haven't seen it yet. Um, but what's kind of frustrating about this film is it's the last Daniel Craig film. And because of what they do with his character at the end of the film, you need to have the villain be the ultimate bad guy. He's never faced a bad guy like this before. And really, if you think about it, when you watch it... Uh, Rami Malek, I can't remember how you how you say his name. But I think the, that's right. The the actor that plays the Bond villain in this, his performance is good, but the character itself, I just I don't understand why this guy is the big bad. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense, and his connection with uh, Bond's girlfriend doesn't make a whole lot of sense, and it just. I don't know. I just feel like they missed the mark on the Bond villains because I mean, when you've got you've got Lashif from Casino Royale who was really good, and then you had um, the people that he was working under. Then you had Spectre, and then you had um, oh, what's his what's his name from uh, Skyfall? He was fantastic as a Bond villain in that film. And then you got this guy. And I I won't even mention uh, Quantum of Solace because that's uh. That's not a great movie, in my opinion. Um, but I don't know. It's just the action was fantastic. Some of the characters were great. I actually didn't mind the um, 
the black actress that plays 007 at the start of the film. I actually wasn't, I didn't think they were, they went in a direction I didn't think they were going to go. I thought it was going to be about her being like, oh, you can't do these things without me. When actually, they showed her flaws as well, and then she actually paid a lot of respect to Daniel Craig's Bond um, around the middle of the film. So it actually kind of worked. Um, at the same time, I don't really know why she needed to be in the movie. <laughs> so that's like, it's, she has some interesting interactions with Bond, but I don't know what she adds to the story unless they're planning yeah. on bringing her back in the next one. Um, I also think like they, they borderline and they probably did do too much with too many characters because they brought back several um, classic characters from like Casino Royale but they also introduced several new characters that they didn't really do much with. So it was just, it still was enjoyable to watch. And I didn't even know it was about a three hour movie. It was, it was like two hours and 40 some minutes. I didn't even realize it was that long. It went by pretty quick. Um, so they did some things really good, but I, I don't know. And then I guess the thing that was, that's been like, I don't know, kind of confusing me is the ending because they've not done an ending like that for a Bond movie before. And I won't spoil what they do, because it's, it's a pretty big deal. Um, but I think it works in the sense that, you know, some people have complained about the ending as well, but I think it works because the thing with Bond's character is he never gets the girl in the end. Like, never. Uh, the closest he came was in, um, I think, Honor Majesty's Secret Service, which is like an old Bond film after Sean Connery and he gets married to the girl, but then she dies. Um, and they do kind of pay homage to that movie a few times in this film, which I appreciate it. Um, so it, there's, he's not meant to like ride off into the, into the sunset, you know, and just everything's fine. There's, it's kind of the tragedy of his characters that something's going to go wrong. He's not going to get what he wants. Um, which is, one of the reasons I found Casino Royale so compelling is because, you know, he just became a double O agent. He's now falling for this girl and he wants to leave uh, MI6 and then she betrays him and it's just, you know, it kind of wrecks him in the end. And you see that play out um, into this film, too. So it's they do some things really, really well. But I also think they missed the mark on something. So it's still worth watching. It's it's not a terrible movie, I don't think. It's just, it's not, you shouldn't go into it thinking it's going to be the absolute best Bond movie ever made. It's fun, but it's kind of, it's it's good. I, w I would watch it again, but, you know, it's not, I don't think it's character assassination, which I think is what you and I were concerned about. For a while, is that they were gonna character yeah, assassinate? Yeah, that, was, that was my that was my ultimate concern because yeah, because good God, like so many, <laughs> it just seems like the, the the standard trope to do nowadays is just to character assassinate like some well established, um, you know, main character or whatever. So yeah, and I, we'll talk about it a little more once you've seen it, but I, I really don't think they did. I think they did a lot to um, honor his character and Daniel Craig's portrayal of him. Um, 
I just think they probably could have done it a little better. But we'll see. It it wasn't horrible. And what's kind of what's kind of a shame about this movie too is on paper it's done really well in theaters, but it's set to be a financial flop because of how expensive it was to make the film. Um, well, yeah, they had a, like at least two or three uh, delays in production, right? Yeah, yeah, because it was set to come out, I think, in April, April of 2020, and that's like right after the COVID stuff happened. So they delayed it to November, and then they delayed it again, and then they delayed it again. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, because, uh, and I will say this, um, Billie Eilish's uh, – theme for the movie no time to die is fantastic i think it's just as good as uh, adele's skyfall um it's really really good um but her her uh, video or her song it, they usually release the song like right before the movie comes out well if you go on youtube it was released over a year ago because that's when they thought the movie was going to come out so <laughs> for this whole time that's been out and people haven't been able to see it so i still think it's it's worth the wait you know, it's it's not like a big letdown of a movie, but for it being his final film, I think they could have done a little better with, especially the villain, and some of some of the other things that I had issues with with certain characters. But it wasn't enough to ruin the experience for me. So, but anyway, that's uh, that's all I got to say about that. Oh no, time to die. Yeah, that, that that's what I've heard from a lot of people too. Um... Is that the, the the main problem is more so with the uh, the villain character mm-hmm. uh, more or less, but yeah, yeah. So there's a mixed bag of things that I like, things that I didn't really care for, but all in all, it's it's worth the watch. So I don't know if I can say that about uh, <laughs> I, and this is another movie I haven't seen yet. Uh, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. You've seen that one too, haven't you? I have. Um, uh, it's going to be so difficult to talk about this movie without spoiling everything. But <laughs> financially, it <is> <laughs> it's it's done really well. I will say. Um, yeah, financially, it's done well. But um, man, it, it... okay. So again, I'm going to try and do this without giving off as without giving off any spoilers. But um, effectively, like, see. The, the initial prospect going into this was that you're introducing Carnage. Mm-hmm. This is going to be, you know, that the plot line's going to revolve around, you know, between there being some type of, like, dynamic between Eddie Brock slash Venom and uh, Cletus Cassidy and uh, Venom, or Carnage, rather. Which is what everyone has been wanting to see for years, by the way. <laughs> and and, and he, it, but but the problem is there there's barely any material there's they they barely do anything with Cletus Cassidy or Carnage they don't they they do practically nothing with them hmm. um and, and 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 then they try to incorporate this weird uh love interest thing with Sheik and it it just it and then with with the minis- the the sparse amount of material with that you contrast that with the dynamic between Eddie and Venom, and they essentially just repeat the same arc that they both went through in the first film. Only they've reversed the, the they've only they kind of reversed the roles to an extent. 
um, Ed Eddie is the one that's kind of like reluctant slash standoffish about you know essentially doing more to catch and apprehend um, you know bad guys like criminals uh, than Venom is, which is to me a, a, a huge um, fundamental change when it comes to Eddie's character um, because just because the whole point of the first film was that. Despite Eddie being kind of more or less a, a loser or a basket case in in a certain extent, he morally speaking, he was still a really good person, mm -hmm. and like that that was the whole premise of the first film. But it it felt like in this one they just did a complete one eighty with both their characters, and it's really bizarre. Um, and and again, um, uh, if you go into this expecting that there's going to be like that. The, the main premise of the film is going to be Venom and Carnage being pit against each other. That's not the case. A majority of... it Basically, if you've seen Venom 1, you've seen 60 to 70% of Venom 2. Oh, um, fine. Yeah, so... It, and, and, and even when we do get... You know, when, when we finally do get the scene of Venom and Carnage actually going against each other, actually fighting. Even then, it, it's, it, it was practically so minimalistic. It was just, it, there, there was hardly really anything to the actual fight. Um, it was kind of so like, yeah. oh, we forgot to do this fight. Okay, here it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, yeah. Man, there was so much potential with this film. There's just, it, I mean, again, you introduce uh, arguably the big bad of all the big bads in the Spider-Man franchise. And they do nothing with him. They they literally do nothing with this character. It's huh. it's like crazy. Well, my my standards for Sony's treatment of Marvel characters has gone so far down the tube since <laughs> since uh the Spider-Man debacle and them screwing up that yeah. franchise that it's like I I when I went in to see the first Venom, my expectations were very, very low. And it actually turned out it wasn't my favorite movie, but it was all right. It was it was fine. Um, yeah, and see, I think the thing, too, with Venom 1 was that it had, like, I mean, yeah, Venom 1 wasn't well-written or anything, but it kind of played off that. It was, it kind of had a certain charm to the fact mm -hmm. that yeah. it was kind of its own thing. It was, like, kind of the first of... Uh, like kind of one of the first films to really like focus on more of like an anti-hero villain is villainous type character um but it, it just seems like with venom 2 they just they they couldn't think of, like formulate an idea of where they wanted to take the story in terms of like incorporating carnage into the mix so they're just like, oh, we'll just repeat the same mark from Venom One. It'll be fine, and yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, hey, I will say financially they're doing okay, but I mean they they got to do something different if they want to keep people invested in this Venom verse. I guess is what they're calling it because they're planning on making more of uh, these films and bringing in other characters and so forth. So, but I mean they've got to. They gotta really sit down and and map this out if they're serious about making this the uh, I don't know the the competition against the Feige MCU 
Marvel stuff. So, which yeah, exactly. I think is really what they're what they're attempting to do uh, is they're trying to come up with well, we've got we've still got these characters that you can't have yet. So we're gonna we're gonna do something amazing with them. Well, it's so far financially on paper it's paying off, but it won't if mm-hmm. you don't show that you know what you're doing so we'll see what i they... think i think a majority i think a majority of people will walk away from venom 2 really liking it because it's not just crazy you know woke you know just absolute sludge mm-hmm. uh, i think i think that will be the thing that people will kind of walk away with most uh when it comes to venom 2 but it's just like to me i'm just kind of like Again, you had so much potential with Carnage, and they just, they literally do nothing with that character. It's like, it just the, the, the it just kind of baffles my mind, because it's just like, Carnage is arguably one of the biggest Marvel villains. Like, how could you possibly not do at least something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, that, that's more or less uh, my, my thoughts on on venom 2 but yeah it it it, man it it is certainly i now i will say visually it's it's much better improved from the first one um but i mean that's that's all i can really say on it okay well i will have to give that a watch at some point um but yeah we'll i'll probably just wait for uh for the blu-ray release of it or something and i'm sure it'll i'm sure it won't take long and it'll be on like a super discount thing at best buyers <laughs> that's how i got the first one it was like it was like eight bucks when i picked it up for like a black friday sale or something so but yeah i'll probably just wait for that um so yeah i mean that's ah, man we've actually seen quite a few movies since we uh last talked um back in early october so and i mean we've got we've got more to come we've got more tv series and stuff like that coming out um one one series that i probably won't waste my time watching um just because i value my sanity is the colin in black and white the uh the wonderful new documentary or I don't know if it's a documentary or if it's just a big old lecture from uh, Colin Kaepernick on his his struggles with race racism and getting to where he is today and his I guess he's exposing things that need to be exposed about how awful the NFL is. I just I and I may have said this before on the show I don't know but I just have. It, it takes effort for me to even mention this on this show because I just don't care much about what Colin Kaepernick has to say because it's it's not even it's not well, even you're just meaning to, you're meaning you're meaning to tell me that you're not just anxiously waiting by your seat to hear from our Lord and Savior <laughs> of quarterbacks Colin Kaepernick oh yeah yeah definitely about how you're a horrible person yeah and it's it's not even just because I don't share his viewpoints it's even more so the fact that i think he's just a total fraud i think he i wouldn't even be surprised if half of this stuff he doesn't even believe but he's just using it to make more money because he was such a bad quarterback that he's like well if i can't make money that way 
I know what's trending out there in Netflix and in other places and in the media, so I'll just go say this stuff. I'm not saying he doesn't believe any of it, but I think some of it, especially when it, especially with this thing that he's got on Netflix now, the the thing that's grabbing everyone's attention right now, I'm just like, I really don't think he actually believes that because if he did, why would he try so hard to get back into the NFL? And what I'm referring to, if you've not heard of this or seen it yet is basically there's this scene where he is he's he's basically talking about what uh football players go through when they try to get put on a team and they you know they're they're talking about their their physical capabilities and so on and so forth and what they're able to do and and then that scene quickly changes to a slave auction where they're going over the different oh, physical traits of the slave and, hey, this person's worth this much money. And I'm just like, he's literally comparing it. He's comparing getting drafted in the NFL to being a slave and getting auctioned off to your to your master. I'm just oh, like, how terrible that these slaves will end up making at minimum $660,000 a year. Which, you know, <laughs> is about $660,000 more than what a slave would be earning. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, just, you know, just a little bit. Like, just... And, and not to mention, too, he, he just glosses over the fact that there are also white people in the NFL and, uh, and you know, Asian people and... It's so stuff fucking dishonest. Like honestly, it is. It is. There, like you said, this this just seems like such a desperate attempt to for him to remain relevant. Like there's no way, because again, like he just omits the fact that there are like a slew of mixed race people in the NFL, and he just. But yeah, and and he also, uh, I think I don't know if it's in that same episode, but or, or um, later on, but. He also says that, um, I'm trying to remember specifically, but he essentially tries to make the claim that, um, that in modern media, there, in modern media, writers uh, specifically write black characters to be, uh, what he refers to as acceptable blacks or whatnot. Oh um, yeah, I remember that. He he brings up though, he brings up Steve Urkel and he brings he, up uh, Carlton from Fresh Prince and because other they bring up that, non they because they bring up non-threatening white characteristics. Yeah, I'm they like, seem like okay, white. Oh, people. so then so then Mr. T in the A Team he he no nobody liked him even though he was like you know the the, the polar opposite. Of those characters. What about like, Samuel L. Jackson? Yeah, exactly. Like he's he's like the yeah. one of the biggest, if not the biggest, star African American celebrity actor, whatever, right now. Uh, um, one of the biggest, anyway, for the longest time. He's not like you know Steve Urkel or Carlton or you know he's he's his or Denzel Washington. Denzel or... Washington, one of my favorite actors. You know. <laughs> This is crazy. It's it's so stupid, and yeah, it's a, there's no way some like I mean again maybe he might believe some of this stuff, but it just it, it seems like you said just more of a desperate ploy for him to remain relevant uh, in in the media circle because again no nobody in in the especially in sports media nobody in nobody like in ESPN or really like in, in those branches of like. Uh, sports media are really talking about him 
like yeah exactly so it, it just seems it just seems like this is all just kind of a, a means of getting his uh marketing image up um well because the thing is when he was just a quarterback in the nfl people weren't talking about him he wasn't People didn't when he when he first did the kneeling for the national anthem. That was the first time that people really knew who he was. I'm not saying nobody. I'm sure people who follow the the team that he played for knew who he was, but like nobody else knew who that was. And you know that's what gave him fame. And what this I mean, this happens over and over again when people taste fame like that, they get obsessed with it. They can't just let it go. So you know. Aside from the annual posting about how evil America is on Independence Day, he's not really been in the news much, um, you know. And then, you know, I guess LeBron James kind of stole some of his thunder too, so he was kind of replacing him as being more talked about as far as that messaging goes. So he had to come up with something to to get back into the into the mainstream again. And I guess this was it. And it's, I mean, hey. It's doing well for him because people are talking about him again, but um, still, it's just like, can we just, just if, if you want someone to go away, just don't talk about them. Now, we can get away <laughs> with it because it's our show. You know, we're not on the same level as, you know, so, like Ben Shapiro and, and, you know, Fox News and places like that. But still, like, if, if we had a platform that, gigantic i i don't even know that i want to bring it up just because it's like i i don't want to feed into his into his obsession for fame but i don't know <laughs> he's still making money he's still successful i guess you know prof- See, profiting it, off it, of the very system that he supposedly hates oh and, and it is strange too because he's essentially making this more or less this like biography like series on himself but instead of paying him out to like instead of paying him paying himself out about how like great of a quarterback he was or like i mean i mean they they kind of do to an extent but like it's it more turns him into like a victim and i'm just like it, it, it seems so like i felt like i feel like if i was having a biography made about me and it painted me out to be this like really you know like cast out wimpy victimized person i'd be like yeah like this i'm not really chill with this you know like <laughs> yeah. I, I just i don't it's so strange that it's like what the, the modern day like norm of what it means to like be up in the social like hierarchy is all determined about how oppressed or victimized you are it's like it's so fucking it's so strange man that's Um, that's a pretty that's a pretty good analysis i think of of what's going on and and that's something that i don't think enough people are talking about is because yeah you're right traditionally if if you're gonna have something like that made about you or a movie made about you you'd want it to be it doesn't all have to be you know perfect or anything no no one's perfect but like you'd still at the end of it all You'd want it to be, okay, this person is someone that you want to emulate. This person is someone that figured it out, per se. Uh, but now it's like we're a culture that is is just, if you want to make it, you have to, you have to be this oppressed victim character. You know, we've, we've gone the opposite direction now. 
And that's not to say that there aren't people that have legitimately had horrible things happen to them that shouldn't be talked about. But yeah, it's like if if you're intentionally making it that way and you're you're so you're so wrapped up in that that you can't see, hey, yeah, I may not have always I may have gotten the short end of the stick sometimes, but I objectively speaking have still done pretty well for myself, so there should be some you know recognition of that now it's just no no it's all bad it's all their fault and it's just like i just can't imagine living my life like that to where i i feel like i have to be put into that painted as that constantly in order to stay relevant that just seems like a pretty depressing way to live so yeah not to mention that colin like you know that kaepernick's net worth is somewhere around like 20 million now Jeez. so it's not like it's, it's not, not like, like he's he's not like yeah. he's living in a mobile trailer out in the woods somewhere he's he's doing pretty yeah, well for himself yeah society is just actively rooting against him that yeah it's, you know, that every institution is just out to get him it's just it, it's if anything it's the polar opposite it's like no matter how much he cries and wails about how like the nfl is screwing him over he's still coming out wildly on top in the whole scenario i mean think it's about just, when nike decided to partner with him after he uh after he was gone from the from the nfl he his his uh his shoe line or whatever did really well admittedly it yeah, did exactly. really well so mm. and even after that it's still not good enough it's still well well <laughs> i just it's it's so weird to see, and I I would not want to. I mean, I guess I would kind of like to have his have his lifestyle and be that successful, but not by doing that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I think that's gonna wrap it up for our show today. Um, we've we've talked a lot about movies and things that have been out lately. Um, I did I, I did have a chance to try out the N sixty four expansion for the for the switch and i i would say it's it's we could probably get into it more later i don't know but um it's it's caused a bit of a stir to say the least for uh nintendo because of the pricing but i think depending on depending on where you are as far as like how often you play nintendo and how invested you are in the retro games i think you can make the case that it's still worth it especially if you do like a like a family pack and you can get each person to chip in every year but you know it i think for some people if you're not that invested in it you just kind of casually play it spending you know fifty dollars for one person could be a little much but at the same time like i think it's worth it um i've enjoyed playing some of the mario 64 games and uh so yeah if if that's something you're interested in i'd, I'd definitely take a look at it but um yeah that's pretty much all i've got you got anything else uh you know after after doing a segment well that the, after that last segment there uh, that, there's not much for more you can really add on to that but um, no there's really not but, <laughs> but um but yeah when it comes to the the n64 stuff um i think the biggest thing that's kind of holding that back in terms of people like buying into it right now is there's just not a whole lot there. Um, yeah, there's there's really not. There's like there's like eight, maybe eight 
titles on there that you can play. Yes, something um, along those lines. Yeah, uh, so I think it would have made more sense to start out. I, mean, I If they were going to increase it, because I think originally the family pack was like 30, 35 Something like that. So maybe increase See, it, it to like sense, 45 kind of. maybe or 50 for the family and then like 30 for the individual. And then once you expand your library, if you wanted to hike it up again, you could, I guess. But yeah. um, but and, well, I see, mean, they have DLC on there, too. So it may like maybe they're planning on adding DLC for popular games that come out. If you're an expansion member, you automatically get it. That'd be kind of cool, but. They haven't really said if they're going to do that or not. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think, you know, it does help if you have a group of people that are kind of like chipping in for, you know, that that plan. It, it like that helps out tremendously with like cost and everything like that. But if you're just somebody who, you know, is just trying to is essentially going into this, you know, covering it, covering everything on your own. Like as of where things stand currently, like I I I just don't see that there's really enough incentive yet um, to really buy into it. But I mean, but again, it it'll all depend on what they continue to add to it, really. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm pretty sure they'll expand it enough. I, I think I think part of part of their problem too, because some of their popular games like Goldeneye. And others, um, they might have some licensing issues with if they try to bring those into the fold for the N sixty four. So I, I don't know how all that will work. I'm sure they've. I'm sure they're working on it. Um, but you know, looking at the collection for SNES and the NES, which you can still play. Um, you know, that's. I mean, they they have a lot of games on there too. So if they're if they're able to, they can really uh bring a lot of n64 titles into it as long as uh legally they can um so i i have every confidence that they'll add as many games as they possibly can to make it worth it but yeah i i don't know starting out with that price tag you know you really have to be in a specific category in order for it to seem worth it um but i will say at least and if they didn't do this, I would totally be trashing them. Uh, but at least you can still do the basic membership if you want. If you want, you know, if you want to keep the twenty dollar individual thing for the base N sixty or not N sixty four, but the Nintendo Switch Online um, with the SNES and NES and all that stuff, you still can. Uh, so they they haven't like forced you to upgrade to a higher package with not a whole lot to offer currently. So at least they've get, at least they've done that, but still, like, they're gonna have to really build on it in order to convince people that it's worth the the more than double what they're currently paying for their uh, current Nintendo subscription. So yeah, no, definitely, and 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 I am curious because th- there was a pretty good substantial push to kind of lower the 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 base price in general, like uh, on Twitter and, and like Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that. Um, so I, I am curious if they will potentially lower that base price um, because it does seem like Nintendo at the very least is kind of taking, taking that criticism a little bit seriously, which is 
rarely ever happens for Nintendo. Uh, <laughs> yeah. To say that they tend to ignore their fan base is an understatement. Um, Joy-Con but... drift. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just a yeah. little bit. Just, um, just a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll see. Because I don't know if you've seen this, but they're, so their official announcement on their YouTube channel is the most disliked video of all of their videos. Um, really? I haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's got like... I haven't even checked it lately, but they they've got a crap ton of downvotes on the video. It's it's their most disliked video on their YouTube channel currently. So I wouldn't be surprised on on the one hand if they take some of that to heart and like, okay, maybe we maybe we lower something. I, I don't know if they actually will, but I mean they've they're obviously seeing this. They they're obviously aware that people are not happy about this. So, you know. We'll we'll see if they uh, <laughs> I and well, I guess we'll I guess we'll see if they ever release the numbers of how many people are subscribed or whatnot. They may not ever do that, but if not enough people subscribe to it, they may be like, okay, maybe we should lower the price a little bit just to get more people on board. Um, but I th- and a- another thing that people are complaining about too is is how their online their actual online play isn't very strong compared to like xbox and playstation mm-hmm. um, because i mean I, and i've always had this issue of you know you're playing online with people and there's lag and there's almost always lag it's not usually that bad but sometimes like if you're playing certain games where it requires it to be pretty s- solid and and it's not that can ruin your whole experience playing the game so you know, there. That's one of the other big complaints too. Is that they're asking people to pay money for a online system that that really needs a lot of work. So, you know, I can understand that. I think that's a valid criticism. So, but we'll see. We'll see if they ever listen. <laughs> but only time will tell. Only time will tell. But anyway, that's going to do it for this edition of Wired In. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in today, giving us a valued time that we treasure very deeply in our souls. We very much appreciate it. And if you would, be sure to give us a follow and a five-star rating and review on whatever podcast platform you like to listen to us on. We're pretty much on all the major ones, Spotify, Apple, Google, all those, all the good stuff. And uh, tell your friends and family and everybody that you know about it. And we would appreciate that. And if so. you don't, we'll drag you on Twitter. So. Yep. That's, that's I mean, what we're going to do. <laughs> that's kind of how this works. You know, you gotta, you gotta give us something. So. Yeah. And there's, there's a little bit of, of give and take. Yeah. That, you know. That's right. That's right. <laughs> So we'll we'll catch you next time. Take care, everybody, and have a great rest of your week.